Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to No Notes. I'm JD. My name is Morgan. And today, like always, we have a very special topic to go through. Today, we're going to be talking about soundtracks, scores. We're going to be talking about music in movies. Now, don't get us confused with movie musicals, because we already did that. Of course. Uh, You can go listen to that episode with a special guest. (laughs) Today, this is the two of us, and we're talking about how music is used in movies. We're going to be talking about scores, soundtracks, the Mm -hmm. differences, the significance of these things. And stick around, because at the end of the episode, we're going to go through each of our top five favorite film scores. So, it's going to be awesome. Uh... Yeah, let's jump into it. Uh, Morgan, when we talk about music in movies, what are some of the first things that come to your mind? I am, I wish I was not this way, but I cannot change how my brain works. I do not hear or remember a soundtrack the first time I watch a movie. Mm. Like, it's very few times that I even notice music in a movie, and, um, I will also talk about this when we do our sub versus dub episode, but my audio listening and actually hearing what is happening around me is so bad in my brain. Like I can only listen Mm. to one thing at a time. I am not a like audio book and working at the same time. I have a one track when it comes to audio, like visual. I feel like I can look at 10 different things, take it all in, remember all of it, but audio is not the same. So if there's someone talking in a movie and there's music behind it like I have to choose one or the other and so it's usually the talking that I choose yeah so I hardly ever like on the first watch notice music which I wish I did I also just am not like the highest of music and knowledge music knowledge (laughs) sure yeah Um, I'm I'm not gonna sit here and claim to be a music (laughs) expert either there are a ton of people in our lives who know way more about music Mm. and music theory and all these things than I ever will um but music in film is one thing that I think I have always had a special appreciation for um and you know I I think it's something that I that I do notice like it usually sticks out to me especially if it's particularly good um, because I think music in movies can be used to, you know, dramatically highlight something. Like mm-hmm. you could have a, the same way it could be done in in a musical. You know, where you have like a certain sound, a certain rhythm or beat or song that calls back to a certain theme. Uh, I think, like, think about like something in the way in the Batman, and yes. how that how that <laughs> song is used at the beginning and end. You know, for dramatic significance, while also just being a cool song. Um, and so I think. Yeah, I, I, I do tend to notice music in movies a lot, and I think that's one of my favorite things that movies do is, yeah. is you know use music in cool, creative ways. I think that when I do notice it, it is a huge jump up for me. Yeah. Because there's so many that you watch, and it just is you know it truly is in the background, like it's background music, and yeah. you don't really notice it. It's not that important, and then when it is that important and you can tell and it sticks out on a first watch for me it just jumps stars immediately and how much i like the film and how much it impacts me and yeah yeah i think you're right now there are two kind of uh main modes of music in film and i'm curious which of which one you think jumps out to you more the two that we're going to dive into are scores and soundtracks Mm -hmm. so right off the bat 
Um, you and I kind of know the definitions. We'll explain them. We'll dive into them. But which <laughs> sticks out to you more? And we'll dive into that one first. I am definitely a soundtrack girl. Okay. I love lyrics. I love the words. It's always like montages is one of my favorite tropes in any movie. And I think when it's just full music with lyrics and visuals behind it, I love it. It's one of my favorite things in a film. So could you give like a, a definition of a movie, like a soundtrack in a movie? Yes. So soundtrack, if I'm correct, is music like just a song. It's like usually like a three to five minute song. There's lyrics and it's like a band playing. It's just a regular like what you would hear on the radio that is put either into the film or made for the film. So there's soundtracks that are like pulled from existing music, which is usually like really iconic 70s, 80s, Guardians of the Galaxy type soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. And then um, then there's soundtracks that like a band makes for a film, you know, talking like Smash Mouth R.I.P. for the oh, Shrek films. Yes. Great, great example. Yeah. Um, ones I'd written down, yeah. Like, so a soundtrack just being either pre, pre-existing songs or new songs written for the film that sort of take up the main music. Mm. Guardians of the Galaxy were the first ones that came to mind. Um, the Big Chill, I think, yeah. is a great example of a, a soundtrack-driven movie. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Mm-hmm. It's a great example of a soundtrack-driven movie. And that's a really specific type of song, too, in Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou, if you've seen that film. Uh, and so think, yeah, just, you know, songs already out in the world, even something like Pitch Perfect. That's is what I was going to say. <laughs> sound- yeah, okay, great. <laughs> but then you've also got, like, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which has, like, a whole like new originally written songs that make mm. up the soundtrack or Barbie, which has like new originally written songs yeah. that make up the soundtrack. You got like Dua Lipa and Billie Eilish and Lizzo mm-hmm. contributing new songs and all of these things make up. Yeah. But then there's also, so yeah, soundtracks stick out to you mostly because yes. like the lyrics tend to resonate with you more. Mm-hmm. So what would you say your relationship is to the other main type of music, uh, scores? I, they don't draw me as much as soundtracks do. And I think it's because I see it more as background music, which, oh, terrible of me. I know. I can't help it or I would. Yeah. All of film Twitter is just furious with you right now. Um, It definitely takes a few watches for me to like even be able to pick up on carrying themes throughout the score and but when it's done really really well or it's really really obvious like Christopher Nolan scores yeah then it really sticks out and I love them I love listening to them um like driving running when I want to feel like I'm in a movie (laughs) in real life it's great for that because they're all so directed at like a feeling where soundtracks are but they're still like chorus verse kind of things where a score is really just building the story it's, and yeah. you can feel it in it no lyrics like typically you've got like an orchestra orchestral yeah exactly what i was thinking you know you've got the orchestral music that's usually guided by a conductor or a composer mm. and it's all i mean yeah it is in the background but you know like a lot of times it'll be kind of small in the background of dialogue scenes maybe Mm -hmm. gone for a little bit pick back up you know maybe during a montage or during just you know like you know scenes that need to set the stage during a dramatic moment and it's 
almost always originally written or composed to go along with the film, mm-hmm. you know, with oversight from directors and editors, so that themes from the film can be kind of baked in and contributed. And you do have some examples, like I, I believe it was um, Inception or maybe Interstellar that Christopher Nolan asked Hans Zimmer to compose a score like before they had started production maybe or like mm. before Hans Zimmer had ever seen the film. He was like, yeah. I'm going to give you the ideas. Tell me what you think. And it was those like, and those are two really great and iconic scores. You know, Inception yeah. has the wah, wah, wah sounds like that have become so famous. I've heard some very interesting ideas on um, directors who prefer to start with music and then build the edit around the music yeah. or to edit and then throw the music in and then like kind of make it work. And mm. um, both are very interesting because it's like you're trying to build the music around the edit of the story or you're picking the perfect song and building it around that. And that's just either way. It's just so cool how it like is orchestrated every single moment of it perfectly to match what is happening. It's yeah, so cool. I think you're right. I think there are, and I think we're going to give a lot of examples and talk about, you know, ways that you can, can build music into your movie because music is such an instrumental part of Mm -hmm. filmmaking. Uh, Before we go forward, I wanted to hit on this one point that I I thought was maybe a good way to kind of succinctly explain it. Uh, And it comes down to like the idea of of diegetic sound. Uh, And if you're not familiar, this is something that I learned in my one semester of film school. Uh, Diegetic sound is any sound that originates from the world of a film. So diegetic sound is sound that a character can hear. Mm. So sometimes, like in the case of Pitch Perfect or Guardians of the Galaxy, you have a, a soundtrack that the characters are listening to. And it impacts them. Maybe they're the ones playing it. Maybe they're, you know, the ones singing it, mm. <laughs> like in Pitch Perfect. And so it's it's like diegetic. And non-diegetic is any sound that the characters cannot hear. So this is like the big show or mm-hmm. some of the songs in Barbie mm. uh, or pretty much every film score. So, you know, this is all sound that's used for maybe greater dramatic emphasis that the characters in the film, you know, it exists within the world of the story, but the characters in the story cannot hear it. Mm. And to me, like, that was kind of a, a, a really cool thing, I thought, to learn. And a, a better way that kind of helped me get my head around, like, soundtracks or scores, some of the distinctions within there. Yeah, that's super interesting. I love the idea of, like, characters listening to the same. Because it almost breaks the fourth wall, but, like, it doesn't. Yeah. I love the the trope in, like, teenage movies when they're like in the car and they it's like the family's listening to like a happy song and then the kid like puts on the headphones and like Mm -hmm. stares out the window and it's like a sad song and then you're listening with the character to the sad song but you're watching everyone i love that feeling (laughs) it's so nice yeah i think uh i mean let's just go into it like you know what are some of the benefits i think you just listed a great one of using soundtracks in movies using either pre-existing songs or you know like newly written songs within the context of a movie Mm. to you what are some of like the reasons to go for that i think it's like just like any aspect of filmmaking like down to just the tiniest little things of what dialogue you're using or what colors you're using or how you're editing it and what aspect ratio it's in 
music is just another way to add to the story and doing it well makes the world of difference like you can just throw it in and it's whatever but when it's done really really well it really helps tell the story and you can use it just like all of the aspects in so many different ways to like change how the character's feeling to transition I think is like a really big one because I think sometimes um where editing and like planning of shots because it gets so like split up sometimes doesn't transition well music helps so much with that it it just helps so much in making a film it's obviously like there were silent films for a very long time that were just as good um, and didn't it's not necessary for the story but it definitely aids in telling the story and telling it in a way that connects without having to like think about it like you don't have to think about what the character is saying if they're a bad person if you have like you know the darth vader like walking up song playing you're like yeah. hey that's a bad guy <laughs> yeah yeah i think you're i think that's a great point um i think you know when you're if you're gonna use a soundtrack for example you know uh the, the kind of song that you use uh can convey like the message that you want to transfer probably better than lyrics and dialogue, mm. especially if you're taking a song that exists already in the world, maybe a song that's well known by people or maybe a song that's only known to a few. Forrest Gump is a big like soundtracked movie mm-hmm. that comes to mind. And some of the soundtrack choices in Forrest Gump are like a little more obvious, but they still convey like the message that you want to go for. Uh, and because they're drawing on something that already exists in the world that people already have a connection to, I think it, like, it, it, you know, it helps build the connection between the movie and the audience in, oh, in yeah. a different way. Conversely, though, I think if you look at the 2016 Suicide Squad, you see a terrible <laughs> example of this where they just use like licensed pre-existing music super over the top and terribly. You know, like they just put random songs in like random places throughout the movie um i I watched that movie a few years ago and i like hated it so much i started live tweeting um my experience (laughs) watching it which like i think it was just me like screaming into the void but i had a ton of fun because like they just would play like songs that existed in the culture but they didn't use them wisely or in any way that like tied them to the story with like or to a character with any sort of significance it was just like random willy-nilly like oh, here's Fortunate Son, you know? Here's, like, freaking Sympathy for the Devil. I don't know, like... Man, making a soundtrack for a film, like, cannot think of a more fun job to have. Yeah. But it's so hard. Because I feel like not only does it have to, like, portray the correct meaning that you're doing with the film, but they all have to match and be cohesive Mm -hmm. and, like, fit in the universe and, like... So many movies do it bad, especially like teenage movies. And yeah. but whenever, like, spoiler alert for one of my top five, whenever you get into something like Twilight, mm. where it's like they're from so many different artists, they're all in the culture, they all, all like are pulled from things that already exist, and they mesh so well. It's so hard to nail that with like, gar- like how Guardians of the Galaxy does, yeah. where it's like they're all you know popular, also. but also they they meld really well together. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think Guardians of the Galaxy is such a great example. Uh, it, like you look at Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, the most recent one, mm. and you can see like even the way that it ends with that Florence and the Machine song. Like I've heard that song before, but just the way that 
you know, James Gunn captured like all of the actors as they were dancing along to that song, yeah. the way that song builds, um, and the lyrics of that song. All of it sort of coalesced into this really great cathartic moment at the end of a movie. <laughs> James Gunn, man, knows how to like pick songs that are perfectly calibrated to what he wants to do oh, yeah. uh, in his films. I also think Pitch Perfect is a great example. I've only seen the original, but <laughs> I think the way they like they have that kind of basic like I saw the sun song that yes. like they keep doing over and over again. <laughs> and then Anna Kendrick is like, we have to like change it up and do things differently. But yeah. like the way they use the I saw the sun song, which in and of itself is not a bad song, <laughs> but the way they use it in the, in the story to sort of reflect on like, okay, well the characters are stuck in their ways. They're doing this old traditional stuff mm. and like, it's not working out for them. I think it's a smart use of pre-existing music Genius. because it's <laughs> a song that people have connection to, but you can also see like, where the tension is. Mm. Um, I think, again, to, to quote it again, the big chill, like, uses songs that exist in the culture in a way that just, like, sets the tone for certain scenes, yeah. you know, establishes a good vibe. I think that, like, if you do it well, if you can curate a great soundtrack, like, I'm sure Twilight, I've actually never seen it, <laughs> um, like, I'm sure Twilight has, uh, then, you know, and, and can do that thing where you use existing songs smartly or creatively, then I think, yeah, then, then you've done a great job and you're doing something really cool and unique, you know, and creative. It, that, yeah. like, you know, takes the world of your film to a new place. I wish I had a better example for this that was a film, but um, it's a TV show. Stranger Things oh, does I to talk about Stranger Things. incredible yeah. at, they have the 80s music from the 80s that is their soundtrack, but their score along with it has the, like, I don't even know what you call it, like a video game vibe yeah, from yeah. the 80s. It has all those like weird sounding instruments in it that meld the score with the soundtrack. And it's so beautiful the way they do it. I love the Stranger Things music. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. And I, you know, in all these movies that I mentioned, um, as, as good as the soundtracks are or bad, and so if that's what's <laughs> the case, like they all do also have a score, you know, yeah. underlaying music that goes behind them. Uh, but in all these movies, you know, the soundtracks are the star to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, like I don't, I don't think the score of Guardians of the Galaxy has anything especially <laughs> like great or unique or interesting, uh, or Pitch Perfect, you know, any or, or Forrest Gump even. Uh, aside from like that one little riff with the feather flying down. Mm. <laughs> if you've seen Forrest Gump, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but so let's. I think we could talk now about movies where the score is the mm. star, which is really probably like. 85% of movies. Oh, I would, yeah. I, would argue I think, like, is... the super classic ones are, like, really long movies and series that can use the same themes over again in yeah. new ways. So you have, like, your Star Wars, your Pirates yep. of the Caribbean. Oh, yeah. um, Pirates of the Caribbean almost on my list, too. I'm like, it's yeah. so good. It's so fun. They have so many just classic sounds especially i love when they're like connected to characters or locations and mm -hmm. they come back multiple times it's just those really make it stand out um yeah anything by christopher nolan <laughs> so true so what do you what in your mind is like the argument for using a musical score instead of you know either writing new songs or, or like a pre-exist pre-existing song soundtrack style i think with most most of these, it's really easy to use a soundtrack when you're making a film like in this day and age, you know, modern times, uh, or you're trying to go back to the 80s or something like that. Yeah. But when you have fantasy or sci-fi or anything like that, where it's 
you're trying to build this new world to put people to like the first thing that's going to take them out of it is like throwing in a Taylor Swift song or something that they're super familiar with. So being able to like build around the world with the music that you're using, especially like if anything is, um, Oh, what's the word? Like time traveling, like goes really far back, uh, like a period piece. Yeah. That's super great. Um, also another TV show, but Bridgerton does, Mm the classical versions of modern songs and oh, it's yeah. it's really clever how like you use the music to immerse them into the world and using a soundtrack or even just like modern instruments in some like really medieval time yeah. movie would like throw everything off so i think it gives it a really good place to like grow and really be fantastic when it, the movie calls for it and it's a very fantastical type of film yeah, I really loved what you said about, um, like, when you need to set the tone for a fantastical world. Mm. Because I feel like so many of my favorite scores take place in worlds that are, like, even if they're, like, similar to ours, they're a little bit outside of it. Mm. You know, maybe it's the past, or maybe it's, like, a sort of alternate past or, or alternate present. Uh, you know, I think freaking every Wes Anderson movie takes place in like a world outside Mm. and they all have such great and memorable scores uh like his two most recent movies uh The French Dispatch and Asteroid City Mm. like I've gone back and listened to those scores so many times and they're they're pretty short like there's only about 30 minutes of new original music written for both of those but at the same time they're stunning and they they set his specific tone in like an alternate present or Mm. an alternate past super well oh yeah uh, and I, I, you know, think about Pride and Prejudice uh, and other period pieces like mm-hmm. that um, that use really classical sounding music or Pirates of the Caribbean that uses, mm-hmm. you know, again, like music that like calls you back to that time with its style yeah. versus something more contemporary, like uh, a movie called Phantom Thread. Have you seen Phantom Thread? Yes. Yes. Oh, gosh. Phantom <laughs> Thread is just an amazing movie. And it's a little, it's more contemporary. It's like set in, you know, the 19th or the 20th century at mm-hmm. least. And is a, like a more contemporary sounding score, but is no less amazing. And yeah. like uses more contemporary sounding music to relate to the characters in the way that it does. And we haven't even mentioned like animation. Oh man. Because animation yeah. is like so visual that there's so much audio that needs to like keep up with it. So like one of my favorites is Finding Nemo. Okay. And I wow, yeah. love the music in Finding Nemo because it like that opening song when you're like in the anemones or whatever and it's sad <laughs> yeah. and like yeah. I it's so perfect. It sets you up so well to like be underwater, <laughs> yeah. which is such a weird like make me music that makes me feel underwater. Like it does. <laughs> but it does. That's, so, that's such a great point. Um, I love how triumphant music can get too. Oh, so yeah. Mariana and I went to go see a performance of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse's score at the Atlanta Symphony. Ooh. And so the movie was playing, but instead of there being a, a score, it was a live orchestra and a DJ performing mm. the score. Yes. And it was so cool. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it also gave me a, a totally new appreciation for 
what what a score is because there were so many times that's one of my favorite movies of all time and just like getting roped into the movie i would forget that i was also there watching yeah. orchestra performers <laughs> that were like doing this music for me but also that speaks to just how great the score was like the fact that it was able to come in at the right moments and emphasize things dramatically mm. like that movie has a, a really phenomenal score and it was really cool to see it performed live um i think too talk about sci-fi and fantasy movies is one of the biggest oh, yeah. places where you see like you know iconic and unique sounding scores you talk mm-hmm. about christopher nolan already with inception and interstellar super famous ones that come to mind uh tron and tron legacy shout yes. out our friend Stephen <laughs> evett who i know is like the biggest tron legacy stan in the world man if we did this without bringing up the tron soundtrack we'd be fired <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah i mean what is it about the tron soundtrack that's so good morgan i mean is it on your list i don't want to spoil because we can definitely um, talk about it later i think it is on my list but yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it in a second but uh star wars like i know star wars isn't on my list but yeah. talk about iconic scores you mentioned darth mm. vader earlier oh, yeah. like everything about the star wars score the the opening title music that like triumphant yeah. is so <laughs> iconic the darth vader imperial march is so iconic um because like they took instruments from our world and used them to create this operatic otherworldly feeling mm. uh, i think hans zimmer does an amazing job of this in dune the most recent dune movie as well like he he actually like finagled and kind of created new instruments or new combos of instruments <laughs> to record the dune score and it is super unique and cool and sounds great yeah. um and so we'll like you we may have touched on this a little bit already but you know when it comes to science fiction and fantasy like you know what's the what's the case what's the argument for you know using score like this like why is it that in science fiction and fantasy movies score is so important I think Nope is another super great recent science fiction score. Oh, yeah. I think the scale has a lot to do with it, where it's just, you got to make it intense. And, like, there's nothing better to make it intense than a full orchestra just blaring at you while it's happening. (laughs) That's why, like, uh, like surround sound and, like, having good sound at the movies makes such a difference. It's so cool to just feel it, like, you know, like the commercial does where it's like all around you. (laughs) It just like adds to the scale of everything so easily and it works so well. Yeah, that's a a great point. I think about Blade Runner. I don't like Blade Runner very much. Oh yeah. Blade Runner 2049. Has a great sound score. (laughs) Um, And just, yeah, like the way that, I don't know. Yeah, I think you and I both kind of covered it. Like the way you use music that we know that to take you into a totally new place that mm-hmm. is unlike any music you would hear in our world i think is yeah super important and you see a mix of it like gardens of the galaxy obviously has like earth music and earth soundtrack <laughs> and it's used in its own really cool way there yeah. um like probably one of my, my very favorite use of music in a movie that i've seen so far is the use of father and son in gardens of the galaxy mm. 2 which like yeah um <laughs> but you can listen to our gardens of the galaxy 2 episode <laughs> Uh, it's just yeah like we could probably sit here for another 30 minutes yeah and just talk about all of the great film scores that we love yeah. and all i mean you could great... go through like every single type of movie and be like oh it's so good at making like romance romance and so good yeah. at making horror horror yeah and we haven't even action on action <laughs> yeah you're right and we haven't we haven't touched on horror movies yet either yeah. that's like another that's a great point um yeah like 
Oh, man. I love the one thing on horror. Uh, I love horror soundtracks because I feel like usually they're they go out of the box a little bit with just yeah. like weird noises they throw in there. Like uh, usually like monster movies, there's always some kind of like creaking like alien predator type noise like in their music and yeah. I just love it. It's so Ooh. much fun. Yes, I, I totally agree. Uh, and um, man, so one last thing I wanted to get into real quick before we got into our lists um because and then we're just gonna gush about all of our favorite soundtracks yeah. so <laughs> we can and scores our favorite soundtracks and scores so we'll we'll have much more to talk about but uh i was talking to one of my coworkers about this idea of like a soundtrack versus a score he's he used to be a professional musician and is a, a, from what i understand a really talented musician he has a great ear for uh you know for soundtrack and things like that and, and using songs and the thing that he mentioned he brought up something in the way in the Batman yes. and the use of running up that hill in Stranger Things yeah. as two examples of like a song that was used perfectly at a time for like both dramatic relevance in the story as well as bringing that song back to new relevance in oh, the real yeah. world and the way that those things sort of connected mm-hmm. the movie to the real world in their own way. And I thought the idea of like breathing new life into existing music being like a special attribute of soundtracks was super interesting and a perspective i hadn't considered it is super interesting it's like i love music videos i will sit and watch just random music videos for hours and hours on end and i feel like that does the same thing like i don't know why more people don't make music videos for like old music just to like get people to love it again like i can't imagine a better thing to do as like an animator or something to like take a song that you love and like get to make something i mean obviously copyright and all that nonsense but it's so true. Like getting to put something that people loved into something new and putting a new story behind it is so special. And there's just not a lot of outlets to be able to do that in of like using art to make more art Yeah. and getting to revive both of them is just, Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's such a great point. We're going to take a short break and then come back with our lists of our top five favorite movie soundtracks and scores our lists morgan do you want to kick us off with your number five number five you know i actually didn't order these before we started uh give me just a second okay my number five is going to be the imitation game nice i don't i think this one stuck out to me because i don't necessarily like love this movie it's a good it's a good movie and i've seen it a few times but I loved the soundtrack. Like, while I was watching it, it stood out so much. And it's just a really easy one that I go back to all the time. It's not light, but I guess it's lighter than, like, a Star Wars would be. Yeah, that's fair. um, It puts me in a really good mood. Even though the movie's not very good mood feeling, the the score generally is. And I really like um, just the piano in it and the feeling of it just brings me a lot of joy so number five where like i listen to it probably the most but i don't love it the most so solid number five for me yeah that's fair my number five we talked about it enough on this podcast it's jurassic park uh i won't go on too long but this is my favorite movie (laughs) of all time i think and the soundtrack is a big reason why it's or the score yes it's my favorite movie of all time (laughs) and the score is a big reason why uh it's super iconic i love it it's awesome used so perfectly oh yeah jurassic park Number five. Easy number five. (laughs) 
My number four, I have Tron, the new one. I don't know if you even need to make that distinction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, it's incredible. I love it so much. Everyone loves it. I feel like I don't even need to tell you why it's good. If you want to know why it's good, you should listen to it because it's. You should just definitely listen. To it's it. so good. The like synth, <laughs> punky sound. Yeah. It's so unique and cool. It's so video game you know like yeah. it is just video game <laughs> i love it yeah. my number four is the batman from 2022 the batman robert pattinson zoe kravitz everyone's favorites i i just like fell in love with this movie I, i've seen it like five times it came out <laughs> last year and the thing that stuck out to me maybe the most in the whole movie was how much i loved the score it's uh, so good. <laughs> it's so good. The actual Batman theme itself that's playing when he like first emerges from the tunnel mm. is like uh, to me immediately iconic and I I love I just loved every instrumental use in this movie. Uh, I feel like it rose when it needed to rise, it fell when it needed to fall and I think uh, the composer Michael Cicchino, who's also the composer of the TV show Lost, which I've loved for a long time, <laughs> is probably my favorite composer working today. And I, another like detail that I love about Michael Giacchino is that on all of his scores, he puts punny names. Like if you go to the list, the yes. track listing on Spotify for the Batman, you'll see that like most of the names of the individual scores are puns. Uh, Mayoral Ducting, the first one. <laughs> it's Raining Vengeance, Crossing the Feline, Collar ID, Collar spelled C-O-L-L-A-R. <laughs> Uh, like it's just are you a Kinsey or a Kanzi? an imperfect murder like I, I'm just going through these and I you know I can think about some of the ones that I love from this too and they stick out they stick out so well oh, one I, of my favorites from Michael I can't say his last name he does the new first Star Trek so the first one with Chris Pine in it and yeah. he has a song in there called Nero Death Experience where Nero almost <laughs> dies and it brings me a lot of joy <laughs> he's a freaking genius and that's just a detail that i really love about him most of his scores are like that yeah. but yeah um the batman score phenomenal i love it can't recommend it enough love that movie that movie would not be as good as it is without that soundtrack because they just I went agree. such a different direction and the soundtrack carried it in that direction it's got a very unique but also like very modern feel yeah the way it kind of like drolls there's like a little bit of synth it's like very low monotone mm. at times and it's big bursts are not like sweeping and orchestral they're a little more like muted but no less powerful mm. and i think that yeah Giacchino's a freaking genius i love him uh <laughs> my fave not the last time you're gonna hear a soundtrack or a score of his on this list by number three is one of my favorite films talked about it many times on this podcast is your name the soundtrack and the score is so good and i think the reason i love it is they're all made by the same band yeah. it's like the same guy sings the songs that plays just the orchestral songs and it's like not unique it's like a very basic modern feeling love story but the music is so it just makes me cry and yeah. it's fun when it needs to be fun and it's romantic when it needs to be romantic but i think they do the fun really really well the band in general has really fun music so hearing them do like a really light-hearted romantic feel fun music for this film just i love it i love it i love it 
Oh, man, I can't agree more. I watched Your Name for the first time this year for our movie swap, and one of my favorite things about it was, um, like, the original songs that were written for it, but also the score. Again, I, I feel like I, I loved the sound of it so much. It highlighted every moment it needed to perfectly. I've gone back and listened to it on multiple occasions mm. and have really come, come to love it. Narrowly missed my list <laughs> was how much I loved it. What's your number three? My number three is Casablanca. Oh, I wanted to go for. I don't an know this one. Older one. Have you seen Casablanca? <laughs> no. <laughs> you, it's an it's an auditory medium, so you don't see. But my jaw actually dropped. I can't believe Morgan's <laughs> ever seen Casablanca. Oh, this is like one of the most classic movies ever. There's a strong chance that this is the greatest movie, the greatest American movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm formulating that theory. <laughs> Casablanca is this just beautiful like World War Two set personal drama it's not a war movie it's Mm. about a bunch of expats in morocco who have for various reasons fled to morocco to evade the war Mm. and so the music is very it's like 40s music but it's set against like a backdrop of turmoil and it's slow and charming and beautiful and it puts a lot of like ease in the background of the movie when there's a lot of tense stuff going on so the juxtaposition is great the music is stunning and beautiful and incredible and the movie itself is just oh, amazing amazing <laughs> but made even better by its score you sold it i'll go watch it <laughs> number yeah. twos uh i think we may have the same number two morgan oh we do have the same number two <laughs> number two is the grand budapest hotel Ooh. almost my number one yeah same and definitely my most listened to score it's probably my second most listened to. <laughs> I love everything about this movie. I love the like. Yeah. I like I like hum that to myself all the time. Um, my, I I just everything about this movie is so whimsical and fantastical, mm. and the score it's an Alexandre Desplat Des Desplat. I don't know how you, I don't know how you say it. Uh, it's a Desplat score and. I feel like he captures the beauty and the drama and the whimsy of the movie all equally well. Oh, yeah. Um, I love the yodeling at the beginning. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> my my favorite track from this is The Cold-Blooded Murder of Deputy Vilmos Kovacs. Mm. I listen to just <laughs> that one all the time. I think it's super fun. It's when Jeff Goldblum's being chased through the museum by Willem mm. Dafoe. It's like... I just think it's it's so quirky and and silly, but also like really dramatic and tense at the yeah. same time. I think he toes so many different lines with some beautiful piano and some super fun percussion. And uh, talk about Grand Budapest, it's so good. This is my like I need to clean the house. I put on the Grand Budapest yeah. and just for six hours straight listen to it and just clean the house. It's just so. I don't even know how to explain it. It's like upbeat, but whimsical, I guess, is the word. It's so good. It's so different. Yes, yeah. And I just, I could listen to it all the time and never get tired of it. I agree. I do listen to it all the time. And it's like, <laughs> whenever, I, when I have like a big exam to study for, I put on Grand Budapest. Mm. That's my number one. Uh, before we hit our number ones, yes. let's do honorable mentions. Yeah. You had a couple that you wanted to talk about, right? That nearly yes. missed your list. I just thought of one that I probably should have put on this list, but I forgot it existed until like 20 <laughs> seconds ago. 
Um, first of all, Lord of the Rings. Um, I like. I think I had three years of my life that is the only music I listened to was the yeah. Lord of the Rings soundtrack. I think I was at a point where I could like name the songs in order as I was watching the movie. I listened to it so much. It's just so nostalgic. Even if you like isn't real nostalgia, it just feels nostalgic and I love it so much. But the one that I just thought of while we were doing this is Swiss Army Man. Yeah. Swiss Army Man has the most incredible, unique soundtrack ever. It's like it fits the story so well and it's so weird and it's so quirky and the lyrics are hysterical and they have they do the Jurassic Park theme but it's Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe like acapellaing <laughs> the Jurassic Park theme and it's like so dramatic and it makes you cry and this i the first party i ever went to in art school i walked in and the Swiss Army Man soundtrack was playing and it just made so much sense. <laughs> I love it so this is much. Where I need to be in my life. Um, Swiss Army Man is one of those movies that I'm like, if I could get anyone to watch any movie, like it's that one because it's so weird, and you would never just like find it on your own and go out and watch it. But it is such a treat to watch, and the soundtrack is so much fun. I play it in my car all the time when people are in my car, and they're like, "What is this nonsense?" But it's so good. I watched so, half of this movie years ago oh, never finished it it's so, so good it's one of my favorites okay. it's the only movie that consistently makes me cry every single time i watch it wow. your name and swiss army man which are both on this list okay because music is so emotional yeah um even though you don't notice it the first time like yeah it impacts you so much yes um oh, yeah. that probably would have replaced tron on this list honestly if i had thought about it but yeah. honorable mention counts yeah <laughs> Honorable mentions, I had, I had five that I wrote down that I really <laughs> wanted to talk about. Um, nope, I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. amazing score, amazing score. One of my favorite movies from last year. I want to watch it again so I can put it on my favorites of all time list. Mm-hmm. Um, How to Train Your Dragon. Amazing, so amazing score. Yeah. Like sweeping, stunning, emotional, but pretty subtle also. Yeah. Uh, like got, like a, a beautiful movie and beautiful, beautiful score that does not get talked about enough. I have seen my friend walk down the aisle to the How to Train Your Dragon soundtrack, no and it was perfect. It was so good. <laughs> that, that makes sense. I get that. Yeah. Um, Phantom Thread, I mentioned it earlier as well. Uh, more contemporary, very piano-heavy, uh, pretty subtle, but beautiful, haunting, mm. menacing at times. Uh, the fact that he can accomplish all that. Johnny Greenwood's the composer. Accomplishes all that on basically piano is amazing. It's a beautiful score. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful movie, too. Mm. Uh, Ratatouille. Like, the way that the music is connected yes. to the food. Like, Ratatouille, just freaking amazing. Michael Giacchino <laughs> again. Like, I don't I don't, I want to spend too much time talking about these. Like, I talk about them forever. <laughs> yeah, Ratatouille, amazing. Yeah. Um, and Babylon, last one I want to shout out. Which mm. is another movie from last... So, I have three 2022 movies on here. <laughs> so, maybe some recency bias uh, on my list. But Babylon is a 2022 movie. Damien Chazelle, bad movie, in my opinion. But... <laughs> The score is great. Mm. It's a three-hour movie, and really, like, the score is great in the first hour and a half. Uh, the movie really, like, loses me, and the score kind of loses me, too, in the last 90 minutes. But that that first half, it's big, bold, brassy, beautiful jazz numbers mm. that are fun and energetic and super engaging. And if you like jazz, you'd like Babylon. Uh, and I put it in there just to, for the first half, because it really does lose me. Like, I've gone <laughs> back to listen to the soundtrack a lot, and I usually tune out around, like... 
you know, track like 15 or 16. But the first half, oh, freaking killer. (laughs) And now the moment that we've all been waiting for, our number one movies for Squaresauce soundtracks. My number one, I'll go first because people are going to hate it, (laughs) is Twilight. I, this... It's so good. It's so good. And you can't tell me that it's not. The <laughs> playlist just for every single movie. Because it's not just the first movie. Like, these soundtracks that they pick for these movies get better every single movie. And they're, the vibe is so good. I've never heard a playlist of so many different artists that give the exact same feel so consistently. Mm. And... The way they edit it into the movies is just one of my favorites. It's very, like, what was the word you used in the beginning? Like, they're hearing the music. Oh, la, diegetic. Yes, there's a lot of that. Um, and I think it's really clever, the way they edit it in. It just, like, she's just a teenage emo girl. And she listens to teenage emo <laughs> girl music. And we get to do it with her. And it is... It is amazing i whoever chose those songs i love you you have done this world a service and i thank you for that what is your number one jd amazing my number one's the incredibles wow uh kind of basic um but man like i don't know what more you could say like the way it takes 50s style music Mm. and also 80s style music and merges them with like sort of modern like technical sounds uh all just it coalesces perfectly to me (laughs) i think it captures like the retro feel with the modern stuff incredibly well it's another Mm. michael giacchino score freaking goat composer (laughs) uh it to me at least and i think that every piece of music captures the tone perfectly i think the way that it combines all these different genres and styles across time is so perfect i think this this is my favorite score it's it's so good it's the other one that i listen to the most when it comes time (laughs) to like study or you know do anything that if i want to like just music in the background it's the incredibles if not grand (laughs) Budapest. incredible even yeah (laughs) okay that is our list our top five plus a bunch of others scores soundtracks that we love uh, please share yours with us. If there's oh, yeah. a score or soundtrack that we missed that's pretty obvious that you're just screaming at us from the other side, let <laughs> us know. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Look for No Notes Podcast on all those platforms. And, you know, come yell at us there. Tell us what scores <laughs> that you love. Tell us which ones we missed. And, yeah, tell us what you'd want to hear us talk about next time. I think that's all for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see Ooh. you next week. Thank you.